The Morning Struggle podcast is brought to you by Blue Clover Therapy, a mental health counseling practice in Salt Lake City, Utah. Visit www.blueclovertherapy.com for more information. Blue Clover Therapy, because your mental health deserves a specialist. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people and break them down one at a time into history, science, and action plan so you can implement them into your life and build a better you. Stay tuned. So we're back. We are back. From a, a week break. Yeah, it was a spring A very break. planned. We, we planned that. We totally planned it. We did not procrastinate doing last week's show. That was, it was procrastination. <laughs> yeah. Because we kept like snoozing. Yeah. We, we should have done not. it. We procrastinated and we didn't. So we're sorry. We missed you last week. Yeah. We enjoyed ourselves. We slept we in. We just slept in. Yeah. Just hung out and it was fun. We didn't really plan much. No, we didn't do anything. So. I do want to make a big statement. You ready? I'm ready. Um, our Google, what do we call it? What is it called? The Google machine? The, the Google machine? Guy. The little guy, the little puck. Oh. Google puck. The whole mini. The mini. Yeah. It likes me more than you. I know. It did some like twinkles this morning uh-huh. and said, thank you for being so nice to me. Yep. And I say please and thank you every time I talk to that thing. I think you're just, your voice is too aggressive. <sighs> Whatever. It's... I'm going to start being mean. No. No, I'm not going to be mean. People are really mean to those. I, you know, I, I don't know why you would. Yeah. But um, I think everyone should keep in mind that Google probably records all Everything. of it, so they know yeah. exactly who is the jerk faces. They say they mean. don't keep it, but they're That's recording dope. it. They have to, yeah, to run it through their their system. So yeah, yeah, there you go. Mm. Um, what are we talking about today? Oh, first of all, welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast. Oh yes, welcome guys. I'm Jesse, I'm Ty. Yep, we same hang old, out same here. old. Yep, and we take habits of su- successful people and we break them down one at a time. See if you want to implement them. Yeah, and then you're building a better you. Yeah, that, hey, hey, I it's not it's not a bad saying. It's, it's my, my and I looked line, it up. Yeah. There's no trademarks on it. Perfect. Let's trademark so, that thing. You just put a, a T with a circle, right? Yes. All right. That's all you need. That's all you need. Um, yeah. But yeah, what are we talking about today? We're talking about procrastination. Yeah. So how successful people just procrastinate everything. No, they do the opposite. What? Yeah. I got, actually, my history shows five people in history who say otherwise. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I love how you contradict me. I know. Um, well, in the, to be honest, we procrastinate. Yeah, everybody does. Yeah, I feel like that. I mean, everybody does it, but yeah, we do too. Yeah, yeah but does. I'm sure the successful people are really maybe they're just either better at procrastination or they don't procrastinate the things that are going to be really affect them down the road. That's true. Or they or they step up to the plate at the last minute and just hit it out of the park. That's a good point as well. So and we'll is just, this your history yeah, people? Is that what yeah. they're doing? Oh, you you just want to get right into it. Let's, let's do it. History of procrastination. Mm-hmm. All right. This day in history. All right, so let's talk about five people in history that were pathological procrastinators. Oh, okay. All right, that was a lot of uh, explosive P's right there. Yeah, boom. But let's do it. Let's start with Mozart. He was a huge procrastinator. So when he wrote his famous opera, Don Giovanni, he actually wrote it the night before it premiered, and he might have even been hung over. And they say what? that the ink on the sheets of music had not even dried when they and it was performed without any rehearsal. So oh my essentially, goodness. could you imagine your boss just showing up, just hung over and being like, "Hey, opera people, just here's your opera. Just play and sing it. I'm gonna go <laughs> lie down in the back." 
one of the best operas of all time. That That's is Mozart. ridiculous. I like him a lot. So anyway, <laughs> uh, the next one, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright. Do you know who Frank Lloyd Wright was? I don't. Um, he was. He's got oh, a good is, name, was. though. Is he alive? I don't know if he's alive or not. I feel bad now. Frank, if you're alive, drop me an email. We'll go to lunch. Um, so, steak. <laughs> some steaks. Um, but he was an architect, a real famous architect. Uh-huh. I think he's I think he's passed now. But um, he designed his most famous house at the age of 67 years old Okay. in only two hours. No yeah, way. Yeah, because a Pittsburgh department store owner named um, Edgar Kaufman okay. hired him. Right. And a year later, he was in the area, wanted to stop by to see the progress of his house plans. Uh-huh. And he just hadn't worked on it at all for the whole year. So he put it together super quick, two hours. And what? that house later became his one of his best known works. And it's now a modern design icon and national historic landmark. No way. Yep, two hours. And, and this article is from Chegg.com. So if you go on to look, that's it up. pretty cool yeah. though. Anyway, yeah, so pretty awesome. Uh, the next one, the man, Leonardo da Vinci. <gasps> oh, yeah. what's he doing? He, so he was a, an inventor. He was a, an artist. Yeah, he was. He did all the things. A Renaissance man, f- through and through, right? Right. Um, and he's done some of the most famous pieces of art in the world, but most of them are unfinished. He what? was never very focused. He only completed twenty paintings in his lifetime. Because he'd move on to the next painting before he got finished with it. The Mona Lisa took him 16 years to finish. And the Virgin of the Rocks took him 13 years. Holy cow. And this story said that one of his financiers who Mm -hmm. commissioned one of his works almost was ready to bankrupt him because he wouldn't finish the the painting that he commissioned. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah. If you pay someone to do something, it takes them 13 years. Could you imagine? Holy cow. Like, we want a family portrait. Like, all right, 15 years. You'll get it. We got this. Yeah. Be like, people might not even be my family anymore. (laughs) My kids are grown. Um, yeah. Um, Victor Hugo. Victor okay. Hugo wrote The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh. So he was an author. Uh-huh. And he was just terrible procrastinators or oh. procrastinator. But he had a cool technique. And well, you probably do. talk about this during your science. Okay. So he would he would get naked in his room and he'd have his servants take his clothes. So he couldn't leave the room without, you know, walking around <laughs> naked until he finished no. his book. And then <laughs> the servants could bring the clothes back in. Oh, my goodness. Forced forced work. Um, um, yeah, I do not talk about that, but I can see where that would work. Yeah, I guess it could work, right? And the last one, the man himself, Mr. Bill Clinton. Oh, Bill Clinton. Yep, Let's former resident Bill Clinton. I guess he struggled really bad with deadlines. Oh. Um, and his procrastination was so bad that his aides would give him like months to pro- to like prep for speeches and different things like that. Uh-huh. And he was still like, wait till like the last minute. And then do his little markup notes and all that stuff. Oh. Um, and then Time Magazine in 1994 published an article calling him the an, a, just a chronic procrastinator. Okay. So, um, and Al Gore, our- The Gorester? The Gorester, the, the <laughs> future president turned environmentalist. Uh-huh. Um, he said he was punctually challenged. Ooh. Yeah. So, I mean- Throwing that out. But I mean, like if he's- I mean, it he sounds was like he embraced he was the it. I, th- I, I, I don't know. He was kind of, we were young when he was president. So yeah. I wasn't really into politics then. So anyway, those are five historic famous procrastinators. We could probably add me to that list, except I'm not famous. <laughs> so You're kind of famous. Yeah. You're famous around this house. That's right. I am. Mm-hmm. Everybody in this house knows me. <laughs> it's a big deal. <laughs> all right. That's all I got. 
Um, should we go on to the science of procrastination, what happens to your brain, and why cortisol levels probably rise? I do not talk about cortisol. You, you say that not every time. Not this time. Not this time. All right. All right. All right. I'll science. believe when I hear it. Science. Okay. You ready for this? I'm ready. I'm going to drink some of my tea, but I'm ready. Okay. So 20% of people identify themselves as chronic procrastinators. 20% of our population. Seems like a lot. Yeah. And it, and it seems like it, but all of us have the capability of procrastinating. And not just procrastinating, but chronically. Like this, all so 20% the time. like does it like very consistently. Okay. Um, procrastinators though, here's the good thing, are very optimistic. What? Why? Yeah, because they have to be, because they have to believe that they can pull through at the last minute. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, so they have a lot more confidence in their skills. and Because I'm not going to prep. I'm just going to step up to the plate and hit the home run. Yeah, we're just going to go for it. I think it's going to happen. Right. Or else I would prepare. Yeah, lots of confidence. So that's really interesting. However, procrastination is not a problem of time management. What? Yeah. What is it? So what it is, so there's three different types of procrastinating. Um, there's the arousal type or the thrill seekers who are just looking for kind of that endorphin rush right before. Oh, so you get super anxious and nervous because you got to whip together your work presentation the morning of and it gets you all that endorphin Well, it's release. kind of exciting yeah. and like, oh, right. I'm going to pull this off. And then you get like this this big rush right as you successfully do something and then it, it tips off. So, okay. yeah, so that's kind of a thing. Um, there's the avoiders um, who are... Avoiding the fear of failure or even the fear of success. Just a fear of change? Just a fear of outcome? Yeah, a fear of outcome. Um, but in either case, they're very concerned with what others think about them. Oh. Um, and they would rather think or have others think that it is a lack of effort than a lack of ability. Really? Yeah. So like, yeah, you'd rather think people you're, think you're lazy than that you're incapable. Oh, I'm the op- I'm 100% the opposite. Are you? In recruit school one time, I think they caught me just frozen on the, the drill ground, uh-huh. like not just not moving. And yeah. I got reamed and I like raised my hand. And I'm like, it's not that I didn't want to work hard. I had no idea what to do. Oh. Everybody laughed and I was like, yeah, oh, I see? would much rather people think that I work hard than I'm smart. Right. So you're not an avoider. I'm not an avoider. Um, okay. And then there's the decisional procrastinators who cannot make a decision. And it's more about... Um, being responsible for the outcome. Okay. So it's, it's, you don't want, like if picking a restaurant is a very classic one, you don't want to pick a restaurant for your entire family and then have everybody hate it or get sick. So you're, you're already just hating the outcome of the decision before it's even made. Right. Cause you just don't want to be responsible for it. Okay. Right. right. So those three things. Those, those three. And yeah. So, um, what's really interesting is that, you know, I love the brain. Yes, I'm not going to talk about cortisol here. But let's talk um, about brain. People, I think people like the brain stuff. Well, it's it's interesting to me because it do. shows the like that there's something actually happening right. physically with you. Um, so when it's researched, it's called poor action control. Okay. And um, what it, what they find is folks who have poor action control also have larger amygdalas, okay. which is the amygdalas that fight, flight, freeze assessment area. And so what happens is not only is the amygdala larger, but um, the connection between the amygdala and the dorsal anterior, 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 um, cingulate cortex, ACC. That is a mouthful. Yeah. I just call it ACC. ACC. Yeah. The ACC. So the, the connection between the amygdala and the ACC, um, 
uh, is damaged in some way. So it just doesn't quite connect. And so people who have poor action control can't control their actions successfully um, because of this connection impairment. And so this is for this is procrastinators. Yes, procrastinators. So procrastinators have a huge flight fight response, mm-hmm. and then they have poor connection to rationalize that. Yes. Oh. Yeah, exactly it. And and what's interesting is this is the chicken or the egg argument. Like, which are you a procrastinator because you've yeah. got a big amygdala or did your procrastination cause your big amygdala? Right. Okay. So it's kind of interesting in that way where there's a lot of research trying to figure it out, but it's hard to, you know, yeah. You know what we need gauge. to do? We need to find procrastinating babies. <laughs> and then we know. And we just, I mean, you start at square one. That's it. Okay. Let's, let's send in an email. Like, you just need some procrastinating babies. Yeah. I'll eat, but later on. I got things to do right now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, so those are the three types of people. Yes. So we have the arousal avoiders and decision uh, procrastinators. So now you got to kind of put yourself in a category. What is it? Kind of horoscope ish. Can you be more than one category? Yeah, and I think it depends on the different situations as well. Because like, um, I'm I'm an avoider in many ways. Like. Um, and it's, it's a lot of it is both fear of success and fear of failure. Right. Um, and then people just don't want to do it. Um, that they're not, well, is that decision? It depends. I mean, it could be decision, but it kind of depends on what's actually happening there. Okay. And like what you'd have to sit down and talk with them. You know, cause like I, right now, like, like my schooling, um, so I'm back at school Yeah. it's just rough. But so I kind of usually wait until like the last minute to get a lot of stuff done. Mm -hmm. And I want to say like, well, I just, I'm just not really... I just don't want to do it, but I bet you it's that that first one. I bet you I'm the adventure the seeker because I get I get all nervous when I'm like, oh my god, I got 30 minutes to finish this paper. Right. So I bet you I'm that, even though I just say, oh, I just don't really want to do it. I well, bet you but I that's don't a procrastinating really... thing to yeah. say. It's like, I, oh, I'm just not into it today. Yeah, I it think... won't be good because I'm not feeling it. But now today. that I actually assess it, it's going to be one of those three categories. It's yeah, it's got. Yeah, it's going to be one of those. Like the the example of re- recruit recruit school. What is my problem this morning anymore? No. More you chip black a tooth, teeth. too. I did chip a tooth, and I apologize because now you have to deal with my whistly, whistly tooth. I, I don't even edit it. You're good. Uh, well, I know that. It's the, endearing. Is it? Is it? Because I know TV, they will edit or put a buffer on it so that the whistle goes away. I put so. you like a big windscreen on your face, like a like one of those retainer headgear pieces, and yeah. it's just like a, a pop filter yeah. right in front of your face. I look really cute. Around. I look real cute doing it. Um, I, I don't know how that works. I just know that there's a filter on it. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know. I think I'm very much an avoider um, if I can get away with it, and yeah. it's some, it's some I have to make specific efforts not to avoid. Right. So, yeah. Okay, so there's what, that's what happens to your brain Yep. when you're a procrastinator mm-hmm. and the type of procrastinator you are. Okay, should we get into coffee review? Yes, We're coffee actually review. Gonna, yeah, coffee review. I drank pots and pots and pots and pots of strong black coffee Trying to keep my sleepy soul awake But the sleepiness still comes along And when it does, it's fast and strong I end up with a bad case of the shakes so what are, we, what are we drinking this morning? We're drinking black tea. We're drinking black tea, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we kind of branched out from coffee and we're just kind of doing our, our all hot beverage morning. Yeah. So we're drinking some tea and at work the other day, one of my medics told me that hot tea gives me esophageal cancer now. Yeah. So, so I just want to thank all, him. This, yeah. I just want to thank him for creating a... Uh, a Google frenzy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Part. So I mean, I, I, and I, so this was actually based. Does on he a, drink hot? Oh yeah. 
Yeah. This was actually based on a 2016 study from the World Health Organization and then later another study in Iran. And so they said that drinking hot tea doubles your risk of esophageal cancer. What? So everybody, like Fox News and CNN is like, drinking hot drinks give you cancer and everybody's freaking out about it and it can only be 140 degrees now. Okay. So this is way overblown out of proportion. Okay. So first of all, these studies, you can go look them up, but these studies... Um, were all over the world mm-hmm. with very little control factors. Okay. In, in a lot of countries where they studied this, a lot of people also drink and smoke every day. Oh. So there's there's two types of esophageal cancer. There's there's adenocarcinoma, right? And then there's a squamous cell carcinoma. Okay. So the the one that the hot tea gives you possibly or hot coffee or whatever, it's the same that smoking, you know, or drinking alcohol gives you this, the squamous cell cancer. Okay. Okay. But the other one, the adenocarcinoma, mm-hmm. is like from obesity and GERD and things like that. Okay. That one's much more common in the U.S., where squamous cell um, carcinoma is very rare in the U.S. Okay. So Starbucks is not out there killing millions of people with esophageal cancer because of their extra hot chai tea lattes. And they're everywhere. And they're everywhere, right? Literally everywhere, yep. So so the, the, the big problem with the study is the first one didn't measure the temperature, didn't measure for control factors such as Did smoking or drinking. Did it just ask them? It just drank them what temperature they drank their, their tea at and if they drank tea. And it was, oh. people would say like very hot, you know? So so I, I get it, but um, then the 2019 study in Iran mm-hmm. kind of did a similar thing, but they actually tested the actual um temperature of the tea okay on these things and saw similar results about twice as much but the problem was like everybody drank tea but then a lot of people also smoke and drink alcohol every day so there's all these control factors that are just not accounted for right so then if you take that into account Mm -hmm. you know and then you go to the united states and you see how many people are drinking hot beverages Mm -hmm. and not getting squamous cell cancer yeah you gotta say like well is it really doubling my risk just by drinking the hot coffee? Or are there other variables such as smoking and drinking every day that is probably causing that as well? Well, and, and that's why this, to that. this is a good point that you need to read the studies thoroughly right. to know if the results are actually what they're saying. Yeah. Because the abstract that they put together might find some like, boom, bomb dropping, amazing things. But then you look back and you're like, there is no way you could control this situation and, and most studies for like when i read a lot of these studies because i actually read the actual study yeah um they they don't bomb drop anything they just say no, usually our, everything's our, very our results lukewarm. found yeah. this these are our variables we couldn't control for and then like fox news and cnn gets a hold of it and they're yeah. like drinking hot coffee gives you esophageal cancer right and you're like well i like, mean well, maybe I so but okay so anyway so if you're really worried about it the 140 degrees was like the tipping tipping point. Okay, that is way too cold. That's like a that's like an iced coffee for me. Oh my goodness! I'm at 170 degrees. Are you really? 170 degrees wow. is where I start drinking my coffee. I cannot drink my hot beverages hot. I know you're you're fine. You're at like 100 degrees. Yeah, like a lukewarm bath. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, hey, so it's there you go. Good for me. I like it. So get out there, do some research, find out what's really going on. But I wouldn't worry too much about this with that being said if you get yourself chill cancer don't mm-hmm. come yelling at me you can always be safe but for me i'm going to keep drinking my hot coffee and then i'm just not going to smoke and drink every day yeah i feel like that's a good and i'll probably be like the majority of the united states who drinks hot drinks without any effect 
And I think the moral of the story is that if you get the chance, make sure to mess with your captain as much as possible. That's probably what they were doing. Yeah, just like find some really obscure research that is backed by a real like organization. Yeah. And then just throw it down like oh, in a very world, the nonchalant world health, way. Health organization. They're over the world. <laughs> all right. So that was it. That's all we got for coffee. They do review. have good funding. Yeah, they have good funding. Okay. Um, that's it. You got anything to add about cancer? Um, no, I'm I'm good because I have my lukewarm tea. I'm sipping over I noticed here. that I did not procrastinate with with researching that. So I, I wanted to know immediately <laughs> if I could How you were going to die. Yeah. yeah. I was going to die and if I could continue <laughs> drinking my hot coffee. See? Motivation. So, motivation. All right. So that's it. That's all I got for a coffee review. Should we go into our action plan? Action plan. Let's 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 teach people how to be successful procrastinators. No, opposite. Oh, unsuccessful procrastinators. Yep. All right, here we go. Let's hope you make the most of it, my boy. Okay, so I was obviously joking about teaching people how to procrastinate. It was a hilarious joke. I it was amazing. Like crazy. Everyone laughed in the room. I'm, I'm I'm not that funny. I'm realizing that I'm not that funny. I can be charming, I think. Yeah. But I'm you not like funny. Yeah. You know what? People funny. say that about me too. We're just not very funny. No. That's fine. That's okay. You can still take these things and be successful. Yeah. We don't need to make it jokey. Oh, but jokes are great. People yeah. love the jokes. But we're, I feel like we have a lot of mom and dad jokes. We do have a lot of mom and dad jokes. In the arsenal. So and we're, we're, good we're at kind it. of procrastinating telling people how to not procrastinate. So <laughs> that's what we, it is. Should we get right into it? Yeah. So basically, first you need to recognize that you are stressed and that's probably why you're avoiding or you're thrill seeking or you don't want to make a decision. So the higher levels of stress are the reason you're probably procrastinating, whether, right. regardless of what type of procrastinator you are. Yeah, because it could be a giant presentation. It could be what restaurant to go to with your family. Right. Either way, you're stressed about it. And so you need to recognize that that's a stressful situation for you. Because that stress raises cortisol levels and causes brain inflammation. <laughs> and cancer. <laughs> and See, cancer. we brought it around. Right. Um, I have nothing on cancer on yeah, this one. That's great. Yeah, you're the cancer yeah. talker today. Um, so basically, you want to do something to break the pattern that you would normally procrastinate, procrastinate with. So okay. a lot of people will use social media, for instance, to procrastinate because you can lose yourself for hours on that. Yeah. Um, so maybe you just make it so you cannot do that in some way. So take the app off your phone or whatever. Um, or you can do something physical like push-ups or wall sits. Okay. Um, because it gets you kind of amped up a little bit. Like doing a wall sit is awful. And so being able to sit there and go like, okay, well, after this, I have to start my project. And you're kind of, you kind of keep going. Especially um, if you're like the thr the thrill seeker type of oh, procrastinator. Yes. Because yeah. then you already get your endorphin release, and then you're like, ah, okay. I'm, I guess I'm going to do I this. I guess I'm going to do some work now. Here we go. Okay. Um, taking 10 deep breaths to try to calm yourself down. So if you feel like that brain fog is coming in, um, you can really kind of deep breathe, get that parasympathetic response going, and then being able to lower your internal freak out. Mm -hmm. um, make a quick decision. So like, do I want to eat a banana or an apple? And just go for it. Yep. And just go for it. That's without... if you're the type type two or three procrastinator. Yeah. And just and just go for it. And even set those two items out and then just like start walking towards them and be like, I am going to eat, you know, I'm going to eat whatever I start walking towards and just going with your gut. So being being more okay with that. And then um, also you can do a quick task on your list to kind of get you going because 78% of people who start working will continue working through at least a few different tasks. First step's always the hardest. That yeah. first decision's always the hardest one. Yeah. yeah. So so being able to kind of start getting going will definitely help in, you'll just kind of, the flow will start to come. Or we can just 
remove all the clothes from the house and then you, you have do that to too. <laughs> you also have to be careful though that you don't just have short little to-do lists that you right. get excited about checking them off because that can also be um, a response that you get these short-term goal checkoff um, endorphin releases. Right. Like, oh, I'm going to vacuum the house. I'm going to I'm, I'm I... write my little paper. But then you're like, okay, I need to essentially do something large, like revamp my finances. Or yeah. I, I need uh, I need to do a, a long-term work goal. You usually keep those off your little to-do list because they're really difficult. Right. So those are called stretch goals. And then- Oh, then you, so every time like you write that. your little to-do list, I I always I, I didn't get this, I didn't get this, but then you always have to put that stretch goal above it to ensure that the goal is actually a smart goal, oh. that it's relevant, that it's going towards pushing towards one of your. your oh, I like goals. that because I'll do that. I'll do a bunch of quick tasks, avoiding the big task itself. Right. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm gonna go check on the hot tub. Right. Like that's not right. That's not a thing. So yeah. So and and then when all of this, when the dust has settled. Um, you need to create a better stress relief plan and set yourself up better. So if you have a deadline a month from now, you need to chunk off the month so that you know that by, you know, two weeks in, you need to have the bones of the presentation done. Uh, by three weeks in, you need to have, make sure all your research and it's kind of looks nice. And then by, you know, three days before, whatever. And so you kind of have a plan going on. So you create new, more deadlines within your end deadline. Okay. So, yeah. And so not only that, but then also take the time to actually relax and not sit there and ruminate it. Like when you go to sleep, go to sleep. Don't sit there and ruminate on it. Um, take vacations and don't take work with you, that kind of thing. So that you can prepare yourself so that you're less likely to procrastinate because you're like, oh, I've had all this relaxy time. I'll go ahead and start doing this task. So so there's kind of two categories here. You're, you're going to reduce the stress yeah. or you're going to get an, an endorphin release. So if, if you're one of those thrill seeker types. Mm-hmm. So you either figure out a way with like your deep breathing or whatever it is to get reduce that stress. Yeah. If you're a thrill seeker, you're going to do some push-ups or some wall sits to kind of get that that endorphin release flowing so you're you're not waiting for it for your procrastination. So you're going to do do those kind of things right first just right. to those are quick fixes. Right. But well, and it's and it's mix it up. Or you could do either one, I yeah. guess, yeah. Yeah, mix it up, but but just being messing with that routine and then you'll kind of find your thing. Like right. wall sits are my thing. I hate wall sits. Right. So I'm like, well, I got to do this. So. And then you then you go and you figure out a structure to essentially procrastinate less in the future. Right. And that would be like that you could break it up again by like taking away social media mm-hmm. or just changing it up with your nature walks or something, whatever it is, yeah, your, yeah, your epiphany yeah. walks. But, but then also creating your better organization to 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 chunk it out essentially. Right. right. So you're not just waiting till that last minute when everything is due. You can have like mini procrastinations. Exactly. Up until a bigger, bigger issue. And then it, it doesn't, it's not harmful or detrimental. Right. So you can still be a procrastinator, but you just maybe procrastinate on little, little stuff, but you still get it done. Right. Because it's not as overwhelming when you get to that end. Because end. Mm-hmm. we've all done it. We're like, oh, I have to do this little thing. I'm not going to do it. You procrastinate. No big deal. Yeah. And you, we've all had that big thing. We're like, oh, I'm procrastinating and it falls apart. Right. And you're like, that went terribly. Okay. Right. So do go out there and do those two things. Well, and then actually come up with some type of downtime, social time and be 100% in those things. And that's just the, the stress relief and, and yeah. being able to manage your time better. Um, yes. And be present in the moment. Right. Okay. So go out and do those things. Yeah. Stop procrastinating. I'm going to stop procrastinating. Yeah, I'm going to try my best too. Try my best. Mm-hmm. And we'll go out and uh, build a better us. Build a better us. Yeah, look, I'll be inclusive now. I love it. All right. Thanks, guys.